John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. What a thing to be a witness to the sunshine. What a dream to just be walking on the ground. What a time to live among the ashen remnants of a love that came before. I'm still looking for that now. It took centuries to build these twisted cities. Seconds to reduce them down to dust. All the tour guide could say was take your pictures, folks, it's late. Try your best, please, to remember what you've done. Don't look so forlorn. Don't you look so scared. Don't get so upset. This world was never fair. But there are hundreds of ways. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Good morning, Todd Father, Facebook, not Mr. Moon. Enrique. Good morning to Jill and Josh and Julie and Real D and Ethan and Denz, Norm, Scott, Josh. Don't forget the intro. Welcome to the morning show. Bite sized bits of everything that I enjoy. Got some American towns. Got some baseball players, some history, books, Fridays we do documentaries. Morning, everyone. How you doing? It's Friday. Yankees have a double header today. I don't know how to feel about that. September 11th, which I do think is important. Uh, you know, you wake up. I get. I get. I struggle with this. I think it's important to remember and to talk about it and to share the stories. We're so far away from it. I was in seventh grade. We're so far away. So I do think it's really important, you know, and, and never forget and all that. But I, I struggle with when things feel like they become a meme or people just say them to say them. You wake up and you look at Twitter and everyone's saying it and it's like, that's good. It's also like, I don't know. That's my own personal struggles. Like, is it, they just watered down. Anyway, there's three videos I watch every September 11th. I made my brother watch them since he was little because I think they're important. And I'm going to talk about those at the end of the show. Some of them at least. But anyway, I don't know why I said that. It makes me sound bad, I think. I just hate the rinse and repeat nonsense. Um... Of social media. Bothers me. Anyway. Morning. 
What are we doing today? Oh, yeah. So Anthony, Anthony, producer Ant, he, he helped me set this all up. And we actually have kind of a theme, <clears throat> which is September 11th. Um, but we, we, we changed the random town of the day to Roosevelt Island in New York. Then we went to the Yankees roster and found a, a player from the 2001 World Series that <clears throat> me and Ant were both like, what? Who? And then the doc is that. So, yeah. Boom. All right. Shut up, Connor. Hundreds of ways. Just find one. Just find one. Actually, kind of like a motivation or uplifting song from him, which is rare. Let's go to Roosevelt Island because we're in Roosevelt Studios here in the Bronx. RSVLTS.com. Roosevelt Studios, Roosevelt Island. They're spelled out. It's 75 degrees. It's cloudy. I think that just means that's what the temperature is in New York City here, which is exciting. Roosevelt Island lies between Manhattan and Queens, right under the Queensboro Bridge. It's two miles long with a maximum width of 800 feet and a total area of 147 acres. The island is not designed for vehicular traffic and has several areas designated as car-free zones. A few name changes of the island. Ooh, I've never heard of uh, old name changes, so this is going to be good. Uh, It was called... Minahanak by the Lenape, Lenape tribe. Minahanak. Isn't that kind of where they got Manhattan from? Uh, Varkens Island by the New Netherlands. Varkens Island. Varkens Island. Varkens Island. Like I got it at the end there, which means Hog Island. Then it was named Blackwell's Island. Guessing some dude named Blackwell came. Then, for much of the early 1900s, nicknamed the island Welfare Island after the asylums, prisons, and almshouses that were built there. And then it was renamed Roosevelt Island in honor of Franklin Delano Roosevelt in 1973. Oh, shit. That's uh, newer than I thought. Whenever I think of, whenever I see that, like, since this... And then I see, and then it always hits me harder if it changed in my parents' lifetime. Because then I can go to my mom and be like, hey, mom, you're from the Bronx. Did you know when you were 13, they changed the name of the island to Roosevelt Island? Do you remember what it was called when you were 12? And then it's like living history because it happened in my parents' timeline. Former residents, Sarah Jessica Parker. She lived on Roosevelt Island. Mike Epps. Grand Theft Auto 4. There's an island resembling Roosevelt Island named Colony Island. It also includes the ruins of a hospital. Whoa. All right. For people who have no idea what Roosevelt Island Island is, here's here's a little 
little video of it. It's kind of, it's like, um, if you're from the Bay Area, reminds me a little bit of um, Hundred or Thousand Island. What's, what's the island underneath the Bay Bridge? Why can't I think of it? Why can't I think of that? Whatever. Seems perfectly shaped. So that's Queens. That's the island. Oh, my mom is in Facebook and she says she remembers when it changes it. When it changed. It's a cool park. Manhattan's crazy. It should be ugly because they took all this beautiful land and just put a city on top of it and gridded it. And I've done a show on the grid before. We did a Friday documentary on the grid. So I don't think it's supposed to be as like, like that. I don't think that. I think some people would see this and say like man ruined nature. It's pretty damn cool looking, even with all the buildings. I always have that when I when Katie and I go to this spot where you can see the George Washington Bridge. And I'm like, without the bridge, I, I don't think it's as pretty. But the bridge, I, by some, is probably considered like, you know, man-made atrocity. Atrocity. Ooh, I drove over that bridge the other day when Mac got bit by, uh, remember I had to leave the show early because Mac got bit? Definitely pretty. Roosevelt Island. Welcome to Roosevelt Island. What do they mean people live on it? Why would you want to live on it? And what's the island I'm talking about in uh, Bay Bridge? It's going to piss me off. I can't remember this island. Treasure Island. Why do I keep saying thousand something? Oh, want to hear something awful that's happening to me in my life? Something got downloaded onto my browser that now makes Bing the search engine by default and not Google. And I I think it's truly the worst thing that's happened to me in the last 20 minutes. Because other than that, it's been a pretty good morning. But that's awful. That's super pretty. I wonder how many people look at this and don't find it pretty. We all got our own tastes. All right, Roosevelt Island. Anything else I should know? We got some pictures here of old Roosevelt Island. It's kind of cool. And then, yeah, you can do that. You can do that little sky, sky train thing. What are those called? Sky, sky hooks. Treasure Island. Sam Heim is claiming small sample size on me, but I don't know. Just got to judge your life in three in 20 minute in increments. You know, like how Jim Craig played goaltender. Said he didn't play games. He played periods. Did you win that period? Okay, great. Sky tram is what I'm hearing. Just change your settings and make Google the default. I did. It didn't take. I'm looking for a new remedy, something stronger, because my settings currently say Google is the default. 
Before the subway stop got built, the only way to get there was the air cars. Oh, that's cool. Seems super slow, though. All right, let's move on to Jay Witasik. He pitched in the 2001 World Series, and I don't remember that. But I was, I mean, I was, I was pretty young. Jake, who, uh, Jake said he loved Jay Witasik. Full name, Gerald. Wouldn't have guessed. Gerald Alphonse Witasik. He was mainly a relief pitcher. 12 seasons. So, I mean, that's a hell of a career right there. You you spend, you get, you get 10 plus years in the bigs. You know how many percentage of people that play that, what is it, like less than 20,000 professional baseball players, there's less than 20,000 MLB baseball players in the history of the sport. How many do you think have played 10 years plus out of the 20,000? Anyone know? I don't know. But I think the 10-year club is probably so small. We just only think of those guys. Like, we, like, judge everyone against those guys, but it's probably such a small percentage. Uh, In his first three seasons with Oakland, he made a combined 27 appearances, so he wasn't used that much. How did he get to the Yankees? That's what I want to go look at. Jake thinks they traded for him. Well, not thinks. His memory is telling him that the Yankees traded for him from, what did he say, San Diego? Forget. Jay Witasik. Classic 90s goatee relief pitcher. I mean, that was, it seems like this was, if you wanted to be a relief pitcher, you needed that look. Just seems like that was a prerequisite. Um... What uh, what did I want to see? Oh, how do you get how do you get picked up by the Yankees? Transactions, transactions, transactions. Bam! Look at these. Look at this. Drafted by the Astros in the sixty third round. Didn't sign. Why would you? Went to college. Drafted uh, two years later in the second round. Smart move by him. Traded by the St. Louis Cardinals with Brett Wagner. Alan Battle and Carl Dale to the A's for Todd Stoudemire. Then he was traded by the A's to the Royals for a player to be named later. Uh, then the Royals traded him to the Padres for Brian Meadows. Then the Padres traded him to the Yankees for D'Angelo Jimenez. And that's where we're talking about him. He pitched in the World Series for the Yankees in 2001. Then the Yankees traded him to the Giants for John Vanderwall. Man, that's a hell of a stretch. So from the Cardinals to the A's to the Royals to the Padres to the Yankees to the Giants, all trades, Cardinals, A's, Royals, Padres, Yankees, Giants. Six teams. All trades. He had no say in the matter. That's kind of crazy. Then in 2005, um, well, when he finally reached free agency, 
he signed with the Padres. Then they released him two years later. Then they signed with the Orioles. A one-year deal. Maybe a minor league contract, it looks like. They released him, signed with the Rockies in 2005. And then that's a cool story. Okay. So follow along if you're interested. If not, tune me out. Got traded so much from 93 to 2001. Got traded five times. So that means he was probably pitching pretty well. He was a, a commodity. He could help a team. Teams that were winning wanted him. But then he signed as a free agent with the Padres. I can go check the numbers here, too. I don't know why I don't just do that. What's interesting is he signed as a free agent with the Orioles in January of 2005. They released him on April 7th. So, like, he broke camp with the team and then was quickly released. Two days later... The car, the Rockies pick him up. So he probably got DFA'd. The Rockies picked him up. And then two months later, he gets traded to the A's. So he went from being discarded like a birth-defected Roman child by the Orioles to being a commodity at the deadline again. It's kind of cool. I'm going to go check the numbers. <laughs> Would have been a much easier way to go about that. Uh, 2005. Let's see. So with, yeah, yeah. So with the Rockies, he had 32 games and a 2-5-2 ERA. So they traded him to Oakland. He was probably making a run. That's cool. Take that, Orioles. You didn't want him. You could have had him. You could have traded him at the deadline and got back all these great prospects. Who'd they get back? The Rockies got Eric Burns and Omar Quintanilla. You could have had him, Orioles, dummies. You you gave up on him. Bunch of jerks. What, do they use him every single day? He made 15 appearances in May and 11 in June. Dude pitched a lot. All right, anyway, let's go to the postseason when he was pitching for the – that was – I got lost there. Uh, That was – all right, in the postseason for the Yankees, he pitched – oh, my God. That's awful. Holy smokes. In game six, he gave up eight earned runs. Damn. So game six is is the game that Andy Pettit pitched. Uh, he was famously tipping his pitches. Uh, they let him know afterwards, and he was incredibly pissed off and was, like, so mad. So Andy Pettit starts. He can't. It's Randy Johnson versus Andy Pettit. Um Pettit goes ground rule double, single, ground ball double play, ground out, single, double, ground out, intentional, walk single, single. Pettit's bad. Uh, They take Pettit out in the middle of the third, and they bring Jay Witasik in. He comes in. Holy smokes, his first 
Four batters hit singles. Single, 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 single. Tony Womack strikes out. Danny Batista single. Gonzalez double. Single, double. Then he struck out Reggie Sanders, who started the inning. Man, that's a tough outing from our dude. All right, so he was awful. I mean, in the ALCS game three, he pitched three and he gave up three run runs. In 2002, the very next year, he makes the playoffs again with the Giants. The Yankees traded him to the Giants. And it looks like he was pretty good. Besides, in the World Series game three, gave up two earned runs, and they lost that game by a lot, though. Other than that, not bad. In 2002 playoffs, he made five outings. And, well, the ERA is going to be bad because it's so small. Three of them were good. Well, he got the loss in that one. Whatever. Pretty good career. The YouTube chat, MLB average career is five to six years. Yeah, so I'm wondering, I'm wondering the percentage of players that play 10 years versus the actual number of how many 10-year players we have. How many do you think it is? 1,000? Sam says, wish me luck at school today. Got a Zoom in five minutes. Good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck, good luck. The YouTube chat's talking about Taylor Swift a lot. Very interested. What are you guys talking about Taylor Swift for? Come on. All right, that was Jay Wittasek. The trading is kind of crazy. Yeah, that dude got traded like a ton. Scott says, rocking my John Boy hoodie at work. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mrs. Lepe. I'm going to take some sip of my coffee. All right, let's watch Boat Lift. Oh, we got nine innings from Ground Zero as the image. I told Ant I wanted to talk about. There's three videos I watch, or there's four things I watch every September 11th. And it's, it's. I think I've, you know, I used to, like, write blogs. Um, I send them to my little brother, and I say, hey, make sure you watch these today. Get a good cry in. Remember everything. Um, Man in the Red Bandana. If you've never seen that, go watch it. It's incredible. Boat lift. I'm going to show a little clip from boat lift. Incredible. The uh, and then the full documentary Nine Innings from Ground Zero. I don't watch that every year because of full documentary. But if you've never seen Nine Innings from Ground Zero and you're a baseball fan, um, I'll go watch that. That's that's a really good, really good documentary about you know the Yankees going to the World Series in 2001 and the home runs and and nine nine eleven and 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 Boone throwing out or not Boone, um, Bush throwing out the first pick, uh, first pitch with uh, you know they had a they had a security guard not security guard they had one of his staff Secret Service that's what I'm looking for dress up as an umpire and we actually interviewed Dale Scott on Talking Baseball one of the umpires that was there for that game who got dressed with the Secret Service guy and all that. So it was pretty cool. Um, 
I wonder if nine innings from ground zero is available anywhere. It's really good. I mean, if you're a Yankees fan, it's twice as good. Um, it looks like it's all on YouTube. Let's see. Let's see what this clip is, and maybe we'll just watch this. That eighth inning, there was nobody questioning whether Kim should have been in the game or not. I mean, we were down uh, two runs, uh, and you know, your your pro your thought process as a player is just uh, hit, run, walk, hit by pitch, anything. O'Neill breaks his bat, floats one to left, it's a base hit, and the tying run will come to the plate here in the ninth inning. So now it's Tino Martinez, and the Diamondbacks are one out away taking a three games to one lead for some reason I just didn't like Santino come to the plate it's like this is a dangerous guy well, the whole freaking team is dangerous it was pretty dire at that point I was sitting there I had a sweater coat on and I pulled it up to my eyes because I didn't want to see And then I started screaming. Nonsense, just screaming. It was unbelievable. Oh my, what a moment in Yankee Stadium. And the Yankees are back in the World Series. It's 3-3. People were so pumped. I have never felt the upper deck go up and down like an accordion. Everyone in the stadium was jumping up and down at that point. That's the best game I've ever been to, still. <laughs> Even this average Joe's walk in the street, everyone shared the same spirit. You, you think about the raw emotions that everybody took into the ballpark that night, and you begin to think, you know what, something bigger is going on here, and we just have to sit back and watch it play out. Dear Derek Jeter, I don't know how much of this. Heard, there was a horrible accident that involved the Twin Towers. There was a hijacking on a plane. Terrible people are in this world, but you and I both know that. Well, Derek Jeter was always my favorite player, so I decided to... Write we'll watch this a little bit. It's kind of cool. I wasn't feeling very well during that time. I, I was kind of sad. Very sad, actually. And I thought it would be a good way to get my spirit level up a little, you know? Out of respect, I would love it if you would pay me a visit because that horrible hijacking happened to be my father. My husband, Victor, was the captain of United Flight 175 that struck the South Tower. When Brielle found out about her dad, uh, she, you know, of course, there was a flood of emotions going on, and she just needed something to make her feel good. My dad was a great father to me, and he would want me to conquer my dream meeting you. Love, Brielle. I was just sitting on my couch. So I think they meet. I didn't plan on watching this one. But Jeter. And nobody was there. So um, it was like I had a whole stadium to myself and the Yankees. How cool is that? Derek Jeter came over and I just looked at him and I could not say anything. I was stunned. It was awesome. That whole documentary is really cool. Um. Rob, I don't know if you're joking with that question or just young enough to not understand why that's... But shut up, dude. Anyway, let's watch Boatlift. There's this scene in Boatlift. Boatlift is... There's a stat they say at the end of this documentary. It's like a five-minute one. Like, definitely watch this in The Man in the Red Bandana. It takes up ten minutes of your time. Um, 
Dude, uh, there's boat lift is like the largest sea evacuation in the history. Um, they'll they, they'll say it at the end, but um, basically, people ran to Lower Manhattan to get off the island because they just thought more planes were coming. They didn't know what was happening. They couldn't see. Like they was just like people were in survival mode, and they were just jumping into the the water. Um, I just wanted to get off the island. So they made a call. Anyone with a boat, please help us evacuate people from Manhattan. And the scene of this little documentary where they do it gives me chills, makes me cry. Let's watch it. There was one guy ran from the apron and jumped onto the boat. He grabbed onto the metal, climbed up right next to the pilot. So I'm going out there to say something. He slides down to the next deck. So the, the deck hands get him and go, what, you know, what are you doing? He goes, I'm jumping for my life. So, you know, you couldn't argue with him there. Watching 9-11 boat lift. There was a small boat that was uh, at the lower tip of Manhattan. I thought the boat was going to flip over because so many people were trying to get on. And then I looked behind, they were, they were just 10 deep. This, uh, that's kind of what gave us the idea. It's like a 10-minute documentary on the evacuation of Manhattan in 9-11. Mm. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. We decided that this has to get better organized, and we better do it, and that's what we did. So we decided to make the call on the radio. All available boats. This is the United States Coast Guard board, the pilot boat from New York. Anyone want to help with the evacuation of Lower Manhattan? When that call came on the radio, they were coming. I was uncertain of who was going to respond. About 15, 20 minutes later, there were just boats all across the horizon. Literally 100 targets converging on the lower part of Manhattan. When we came out of that dust cloud, tugboats, I've never seen so many tugboats all at once. They were just a, like a fleet of tugboats headed to Manhattan. If it floated and it could get there, it got there. All different size shapes of them. I mean, and they were zooming across this water. Ferries, private boats, party boats. I worked on the water for 28 years. I've never seen that many boats come together at one time that fast. One radio call and it just came together just that fast. Hundreds of boats converged on the city, leaving the sun-bathed harbor behind them. Dead ahead, the unknown. I don't know if I can just play the whole thing, but that is, it's just... We'll keep going. That was something I won't forget. It was just low, dark, acrid, black smoke. It's like there was a big chimney in Manhattan. When we pulled into Pier 11, the dust was unbelievable. And then out of nowhere, you just kept on seeing people coming. They looked like zombies coming through the fog, and you knew that they were, those were human beings. Don't leave us. Please don't leave us here. Take us. Do you need help? Do you need help? At that point, the Coast Guard said, not how many people are you allowed, how many people can you fit? 
I'm going to skip forward because the end is where they give the stat that's crazy. But I, I, it's 10 minutes long. Go watch this and watch the man in the red bandana. And and it's a good way to remember what happened while also remembering all the people that helped at the same time. I believe somebody has a little hero in them. You got to look in. And it's in there. It'll come out. It need to be. I have one theory in life. I never want to say the word I should have. If I do it and I fail, I tried. If I do it and I succeed, better for me. And I tell my children the same thing. Never go through life saying you should have. If you want to do something, you do it. Ah, where do they say the stat? The greatest day that I've ever seen in all my boating. I mean, my life on the water. They compare it to Dunkirk in it. 11 became the largest sea evacuation in history. Larger than the evacuation of Dunkirk in World War II, where 339,000 British and French soldiers were rescued over the course of nine days. On 9-11, nearly 500,000 civilians were rescued from Manhattan by boat. It took less than nine hours. Half million people in nine hours. Dunkirk was 300,000 in nine days. I mean, obviously the times are way different and the body of water is different. But it's fucking incredible. Um, yeah, Tom Hanks narrates this one. And uh, Ed Burns narrates Man in the Red Bandana. So those are the documentaries for today. I go watch them. They're pretty good. There's also a 30 for 30 if you don't want to watch Nine Inch from Ground Zero about when Bo- when book. Bo- Keep calling Bush Boone. The fuck's wrong with me? Um, when he threw out the first pitch, there's like a little thirty for thirty documentary on it. That one's pretty good too. Um, so yeah, Leo says that's a staggering statistic. It's pretty crazy. Half a million people in nine hours. Nuts. All right, I'm out. See you guys later. Thank you very much for hanging out with me. You can go uh, hang out with Jake on uh, Wake and Jake. And then we got talking baseball today. We got talking baseball pregame show. We got talking Yanks pregame show. And then another Yankees pregame show. There's a lot going on. Hope you guys have a great weekend. I'll be back on Friday. Or it is Friday. I'll be back on Monday. See you then. Goodbye. Pictures, folks, it's late. Try your best, please, to remember what you've done. Don't look so forlorn. Don't you look so scared. Don't get so upset. This world was never fair. But there are hundreds of ways to get through the day. Yes, there are. Just...